Welcome back to the Around the Fire podcast. Uh, grab yourself a chair, grab yourself a beer, and pull yourself up next to the fire. We got a nice long episode today. So the first segment, we're going to be talking about March Madness, talk a little bit about the NBA. Then we're going to switch to football. We're going to talk about all the big blockbuster trades that uh, that have happened around the league. Talk a little bit about the Colts. Talk a little bit about the Steelers. And then we're going to finish it off. We're going to talk a little bit about soccer. And then talk about the Batman movie and new Moon Knight show coming to Disney+. Plus. Really, really going across the whole park on the uh, first segment. And we're going to take a brief intermission. On the second half of the podcast, we're going to talk about all things Buffalo. We're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills and their recent signings. We're going to talk about the Buffalo Sabres and their away trip that they just had in Canada and uh, talk about the upcoming games that they have and what they did at the trade deadline and uh, what they didn't do at the trade deadline. So, like I said at the beginning, grab yourself a chair, grab yourself an ice cold beer, grab yourself a bite to eat and come sit by the fire and join us. All right, so this is this man's first time joining the podcast. It's his first time around the fire. He's got a nice beer. He's got his chair. He's pulling up. He's a big Colts fan, big Knicks fan. He loves the Syracuse Orange. Um, please give a big round of applause for Carter Doty. Welcome to the fire, pal. Thank you, Oss. Very, uh, very glad to finally be on here. Absolutely, man. So, um... We're going to talk a little bit about NFL free agency, talk about what the Colts have done. Obviously, they made a big, big trade yesterday. Um, we're going to talk about some other trades that have happened around the NFL. Uh, big breaking news, if you haven't seen it yet, we'll uh, we'll get into that. Um, but to start out, it's March, which means there's a big tournament going on right now, March Madness. Um, I know you're a little bit late to the uh, filling out the bracket party. I was too, but um, how have your brackets gone? Have what games have you been interested in? What games have you watched so far? Give me your thoughts. I was mainly, uh, I was watching a lot of just uh, the big time game, you know, your Dukes, Michigan, obviously Carolina, all those good ones. Obviously, we got Kentucky getting upset. That's a very, very big one early on. The, uh, In my opinion, Kentucky is an awful tournament team. They are always are fumbling the bag. They play in, uh, at least compared to the recruits they get, I'm not trying to downplay the teams they play because they do play. So they have some pretty solid teams in their conference. But with the recruits that Kentucky get, they just dominate year in, year out in their conference. And then they come to tournament play expecting to dominate. And they usually always just fumble the bag and it happens once more. But speaking of a good tournament team, I, I honestly think that North Carolina might might actually pull off like, I think that they were like one in eleven hundred odds to win the the um tournament this year, dude. They're a freaking wagon. They have come to play. Like, I um I tuned in for that overtime game that they had. Uh, was that against Baylor? Mm-hmm. Dude, that was dude. What a game. They they're fun right. to watch, man. Like they they are they're just a good fun team to watch. I'm I'm pulling for them or I'm pulling for Michigan because I I would like to see the media share the video of the Michigan coach uh, consoling that Tennessee player like they did when he uh, pushed the other, the coach during this, at the end of the regular season, you know, it's so easy to share the negative, 
But when there's a lot of the positive, like something like that, you're not seeing it get that much attention. So I am pulling for Michigan and I'm pulling for uh, North Carolina to pull off, uh, pull off the upsets. Mm-hmm. Um, I have five coach. He's just an awesome dude. Um, I don't, I'm, I think I have um losing their next game. Let me see here. Actually, no. I originally had Villanova pulling over them, but then I kind of sat back on it, and I was I just I think Michigan still have another round in them. I don't think they'll go any much further than that, but I'm riding Michigan for another round. They, dude, I, you I know the Michigan the Michigan offense is, it's not insanely good, but their defense they 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 keep a lot of good teams to low scoring affairs. And they mm-hmm. say defense wins championships. So I think that if they can keep – Villanova is one of the highest scoring offenses in, in the entire college basketball right now. So if they can limit them, I think they got a shot, man. Mm-hmm. That's the good thing about March Madness. Anyone has a shot. You look at, like, what, St. Petersburg, and they're not mm-hmm. – they've knocked out – they've knocked out uh, – uh, I believe they, they were the ones that knocked out Iowa. Like, anything can happen, man. That's why I love – that's why I love March no, Madness. Their second game was against Murray State, but it was against it Murray was still, State. Still, it was still a good one. Their whole team played very well, and honestly, both teams starting five all put up like high numbers, and it was really a show from that. But St. Peter's had one player off the bench who had like thirteen or sixteen, and another player that had six, compared to Murray State having zero off the bench. Mm-hmm. The shows in that case the bench game. I do, however, think after uh, their game versus Purdue that Purdue is going to beat them because Purdue is a very strong team. There, I believe that they had like the number number four ranked offense in in the country. They mm-hmm. are they're very good. But, they're very but, solid. But Purdue has been upset this year. They have been. They were upset in the regular season a couple times. So mm-hmm. and they all know, man. Pretty weak. Um, so shifting there's so there's there's really there's no games until Thursday so it's it's hard to talk about it when it's not happening. Yeah. So shifting away to the NBA, like I said, you're a big Knicks fan. The home game last night, they blew a lead to their now nemesis in the East, the Hawks and Trey Young. Um, seasons it, they have a chance to make the playing game, but it's sort of looking like the season's over. Julius Randle is probably going to be out of there. He does, doesn't seem like he's fitting well with the team. Um, give me your thoughts. End the season, wrap up for the Knicks. It's unfortunate about Julius because I really I really liked him last season, even going into this season. Florida send him. Florida to get a jersey. Honestly, kind of glad. I didn't. If he stays with us, obviously, and things improve, I would love to because I love the man, love his family, I love his kid, all that, all that jazz, but... I mean, at the end of the day, he's just not happy out there. And it's showing. I mean, we're 30 and 42. We're not officially eliminated out of playoff play yet, but it would be – it's a long shot. It's us going on a crazy run and everyone else going on a crazy loss streak. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's it's close. It's it's close. I could see the Knicks pulling it off, but I I just – it's not good to see when your super – who your superstar is supposed to be is after – like the fourth t- four times this year, he's come off the court and started a fight. Yeah. And he's he's constantly hot headed in the when they call a team timeout and they're in the huddle and he's he's demanding and like it's not it's not good. It's not going to lead to anything good. It's just going to cause a divide in the locker room between him and like 
him and RJ Barrett and Fournier. It's not. I could. I'm probably. He's probably going to be on the move. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I agree. So unfortunately. But um, we're gonna switch to uh the NFL because that's mainly what we're versed in, and there's so much to unpack. These this past week has been. You talk. March Madness might have a basketball tournament, but this this year for NFL free agency has been March Madness. There have mm. been more trades, more crazy signings, more people pulling out of contracts and going and signing somewhere else than any other year. So the breaking news I talked about, Tyreek Hill traded from the Chiefs to the Dolphins. My jaw almost hit the floor. So mm. they got a 2022 first-round pick, a 2022 second-round pick, a 2022 fourth-round pick, a 2023 fourth-round pick, and a 2023 sixth-round pick. And with that, Tyreek Hill goes to the Dolphins, and he gets a four-year extension worth $120 million, $72.2 million guaranteed. That's that, a whole lot of money. That is a whole lot of cash money. I'm going to give my thoughts, and, I'm gonna, and then I'm going to send it to you. I think this is all. The AFC West this past March became the best, the best division in football. The true. Chargers, the Chargers got J.C. Jackson and Khalil Mack to bu- to buff up that defense. And not only do they have that really good defense, they are offensive side. They still have Herbert and Eckler and um, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and Jared Cook. The, uh, okay, uh, okay. Then you look at oh, that's right. The Broncos traded for Russell Wilson. Oh, okay, and they got Gregory, Randy Gregory from the from the Broncos. They they bulked up too. That's going to be a scary team. Then the Raiders made some big signings. They signed Chandler Jones. They traded for Devontae Adams, which we'll talk about after this. And now they've lost they've lost three receivers to to free agency. And one to trade, and now their starting receiver is former Steelers receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. So you went from having one of the best receiving cores in football to having now one of the weakest receiving cores in football, and now the toughest division in football. I think it's I don't care how many draft picks you got that you can't do that. You can't trade away a guy of that caliber, especially into the same conference. So, what are your thoughts? So I could see it definitely could play out that way, but I think I'm a bit more optimistic with the situation. I mean, obviously not myself. I don't really care for what the Chiefs or what they do besides just being an overall NFL fan. But I think this could be a proving point for Mahomes. This is a proving point if he is – obviously he's a phenomenal quarterback and will go down as one. But if he can, with the receiving core that he has, still make it work and still be a dominant offense, then we're going to have more receivers going to – Essentially, we think our that oh, not the level of Tyree Kill. No one can get that level, but having more like a receiver because of how good he is. It's, see if if he's the quarterback to be able to do that, or if he's just kind of like an average quarterback that needs a good receiver. You know. So you you kind of cut out there um, after talking about Patrick Mahomes and him going down as one of the better quarterbacks to ever play the game. Do you want to repeat what you said? I was saying this is going to be the moment for him to prove if he is. If he I can, agree. If he can make these more like 
B-tiered receivers, like C-tiered, B-tiered receivers into A-tiered receivers, or if he's a guy that needs a receiver that already is A-tiered and top-graded to perform. I mean, I personally, and it could be my Steeler bias, I'd put I'd put Juju Smith-Schuster in like the A-minus category because he is a really reliable receiver and he is a very good receiver. He's had his issues off the field with like social media, but on the field, he's a great he's a great blocker. He does not drop the ball very hardly. Like, yeah, I think I I think he's in the A minus tier. But then, and then obviously he still has Travis Kelsey, who's the best tight end in football. And then you go down the ranks. Miko Hardman is now the number two receiver. Josh Gordon, and I believe Byron Pringle. Is still on the team, but that's it. Like, it's not anything special, but everyone has been saying, well, the reason the Chiefs have been winning is because look who Mahomes has to, th- has to throw to. Now he doesn't have those guys. This, I guess this is where the rubber is going to meet the road, and if he really is what we think he is, it's going to show. Yeah, I agree. I personally think... He's definitely going to be good with Juju, and they very well could pick up another receiver or draft another receiver. But it's his time to show. They had a rough, they had a rough and rocky start last year or this past season, and I think not having Tyreek Hill definitely not played to their advantage. But yeah, but the biggest thing that helped them was having a player like Honey Badger, having a player like Honey Badger, and having a guy like Melvin Ingram on their team, and neither are on their team anymore. Mm-hmm. Melvin Ingram's a free agent and Tyron Matthews a free agent. Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of things to figure out, switching mm-hmm. gears, but staying in the same division. Block, I mean, Tyree killed. Uh, I almost passed out when I saw that the Packers traded Devontae Adams for a first-round pick. Yeah. I see, I see a lot of people blaming the Aaron Rodgers contract for why Devontae, Devontae got traded, right? Mm-hmm. But it he knew that Devontae was getting traded when he was renegotiating his contract. Yes, it is $50 million, but his new contract saves them $20 million off of the cap to where they could go sign some players. But the situation just wasn't working with Devontae. They really couldn't talk during the season because the main focus was getting a Super Bowl. And then they have the really bad game against San Fran and they kind of never talked about an extension. And for the past couple of years, it's been clear that Devontae Adams is the best receiver in football. That's not even a question. Mm-hmm. Now, does it help when you have a guy like Aaron Rodgers, who's a Mount Rushmore quarterback? Definitely. Yes. But the trade does make sense for both parties. The Packers don't have to worry about paying him a mega extension after just giving Rodgers a mega extension and having all their money tied up into two players. And Devontae Adams, I don't know if he was happy in Green Bay. There's conflicting reports that say he loved it there. He loved working with Aaron Rodgers. But him in the front office just couldn't come to an agreement. on the. He thought he was worth what he's going to get paid in, in Oakland or in Las Vegas now. And the Packers didn't see it that way. They wanted another hometown discount. And he was like, he wasn't, he didn't want that. So in, in Vegas, there's no, there's no income tax. He has a house there and his, one of his best friends is Derek Carr. They played in college together at, uh, at Fresno state. Like they're really close friends with each other. 
I think it's a perfect situation for him. He's going to go there. He's going to be the clear number one wide receiver again. And it also helps having a Hunter Renfro who can help take the coverage because they didn't really have that in Green Bay. He was getting all the coverage. He was getting double coverage with a, with it, probably a single high safety most of the time. And now they have Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro that can take some of the attention away from him. And he'll get, he'll get more – he might honestly get more – and it'd be stupid, but he might actually get some, like, single coverage. Um, so what are, your, what are your thoughts? I agree. I think he's definitely going to – it's going to be a tough season, obviously, a lot of times, especially with the NFL. You see it in most sports, moving to a new team. Sometimes it just totally breaks a player, not used to the system. It helps being in the offseason versus in-season because the adjustment of in-season – I can't even imagine trying to have to do that. But, I mean, imagine yourself. Imagine, I mean, obviously, I'm putting it into terms that we'd more understand. Growing up in Green Bay and all your life, you know, kind of wanting to go somewhere else. Not, like, enjoying your friends and whatnot and the uh, environment. But wanting to move somewhere else and then getting the opportunity to go to Las Vegas. I mean. I mean, it's a no-brainer. I am. And and in Vegas, you have a house. Your friends are there. Like you, you know, you know the playbook. Like, mm-hmm. it it just made it just made sense for him, mm-hmm. you know. And the Raiders have now came out of free agency, looking like a top contender, and in a tough division. Like, this was a trade I think they needed to make in order for them to, um, in order for them to have a shot at winning that division. You know, they still have Josh. They'll have um, Kenyon Drake and the running backfield and the, in the backfield too. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a pretty loaded offense. They got to figure out what they're doing on the defensive side because their defense was bad last year, and that's the reason why they lost in the playoffs. They could easily beat the Bengals if their defense wasn't so bad. You know, uh, but they signed Chandler Jones to uh, to play a, across from Max Crosby, who blew up last year. Um, I'm excited for the AFC, you know, like very much I, so. easily the best, best in the NFL. Like speaking of the, like going back to the dolphins, they, they are really trying to do like, I'd say the, the three teams this off season that have had a plus, um, and I'm not going to include the Steelers because I think they had an a plus, but that it just sounds like bias. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. So, but we'll, but we'll, we'll talk about the Colts and the Steelers in a little bit, and I'll, I'll explain why in my eyes they had an A plus, yeah. um, off season, but not the Steelers. I would say the Broncos, the Dolphins, and the Raiders were easily the three best, and then a close honorable mention. But their organization is too piss poor to. Jaguars. They brought in a lot of players, but now they have. But it's another new head coach, Trevor Lawrence, going into his second year. Who you know, you don't really know if they're going to be anything. Mm-hmm. They paid Christian Kirk eighty million dollars, and he hasn't had over a thousand yards in his four year, four seasons of uh as as a receiver. So a, I don't know if they were spending their money as wisely as uh we paid. would hope. He's a solid receiver, but he he's a solid player. number three, and he got paid number one money. Yeah, he's a solid. I would put him as a two, more of a two than a three, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him as a. 
He had 900 he, yards. He's three guy. You know? He's a two, three guy. I could argue him a one, but I, I will say that's a lot of money. That's a it's lot a of lot money. of money to pay to a guy. It's a pay to a guy mm-hmm. who has who hasn't put up number one receiver type numbers. Mm. They all they signed Evan Ingram from the Giants for one year, eight million. Um, they signed a, a couple offensive linemen. They still have James Robinson and Travis Etienne. They still got Marvin Jones Jr. You know, they, they have a squad. Mm-hmm. Very much so. It just depends on if they can put the pieces together. I don't think they will. Well, they're on the right track with not hiring. They're, they're on the right track with not hiring a complete absolute fucking buffoon for a head coach. Mm-hmm. Doug Peterson is an actual good, a good coach. He won a Super Bowl not too long ago, I think five years ago. Um, with with the Eagles team and Nick Foles, like he actually knows how to coach. He's a good so coach. he's he's a good coach. He's not a a babbling fucking buffoon who doesn't even know who Aaron Donald is. Did you did you did you see this? This this guy Urban Meyer looks across the thing and goes, "Who's that number ninety nine on the Rams? He's he's good. We should we should watch some film on him." You don't you're gonna come to the NFL and you don't know who fucking Aaron Donald is, the three time defensive player of the year. I mean, to sum it all up, there's, like, the possible quote that we saw floating around of him saying the NFL is, like, playing Alabama every week. Yeah. He, <laughs> and then there was the stuff that he kicked the kicker in the leg, which that's – and then there was the whole chop house thing. Uh, you I forgot was, about the chop house, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a bad run for Urban Meyer, mm, man. An iconic one to think back on, though. We will all remember that, it'll go down as history as one of the one of the, like the most. The dude brought in Tim Tebow to play tight end. I mean, you if you if you thought that his coaching was going to be any good, you just got to look it back before they even played a fucking game and look what he did. And oh man, yeah. what a man meme! Did... What a meme the Jaguars were last year. They were showing up in clown uniforms to the last game to make fun of their own organization. They dressed up as clowns and they beat they beat your Colts. To knock you guys mm. out of the playoffs. What a Our. clown organization, dude. Me. But um the big trade, um, the big trade that everyone is talking about. Um I'll let you go first and then I'm gonna say my thoughts because I'm gonna be a little bit less filtered with my thoughts. The Cleveland the Cleveland Browns have mortgaged their future. On a man who has 22 allegations against him, <laughs> 22 civil lawsuits still against him. They have traded six draft picks to acquire Deshaun Watson. And the reason this episode is named Chasing a Bag instead of Chasing a Ring is because that is, is exactly what Deshaun Watson has done with going to the Browns. He is chasing a bag instead of chasing a ring. The only reason he went to the Browns is because they're giving him that max extension of $230 million in guaranteed money. So the floor is yours. You can say what you feel, and then when you're done, kick it back to me, and I will I will give my thoughts. Well, I mean, I agree a lot with you. It's unfortunate, very unfortunate. And who obviously states that there is enough we also have known, if you look on uh, many occasions, the court of law to uh, mess up here and there. So, 
I'm always against someone of that poss- even possible caliber making millions upon millions of dollars, and it's unfortunate. I think he'll be a decent quarterback. I don't think he'll be anything like him and Prime Houston will be. I think with all this noise outside of football and just being on the Browns organization and that whole mess, I think he'll be a decent quarterback. I doubt he'll be staying there for the rest of his years, whether it's another team or jail. (laughs) I doubt he'll uh, be in a Browns uniform for much longer. Obviously could be wrong and he could pop off and, take the Browns far, but I highly doubt for that to happen. I think, like you just said, he's just moving to get some money. He's not really motivated to win anything, which isn't going to help him, you know, get into form. I think it's just kind of going to stink out. He's just going to get his money and, yeah, just kind of met it all. All right. I'm going to take the floor. I'm going to give my thoughts. I'm going to preface this right now. In my first podcast, I did say that I wanted Deshaun Watson. And I also said in the same podcast, two sentences later, that I don't think he's innocent and that he will be getting suspended. And I stand behind my statements because you know what? He is not innocent. As a football fan, why wouldn't you want Deshaun Watson on your team? It's Deshaun Watson when... He's not a serial rapist before all that. He's a top five quarterback in this league. He still is with the allegations against him, but the allegations are so big. I mean, again, and this is probably going to sound hypocritical. I don't give a fuck. I, I, I don't. I don't give a fuck. You traded away your entire future for a guy who still might get suspended for a year. If Big Ben only had two pretty soft allegations against him and got six games, how could you even think that 22 really strong allegations are going to get you anything less than eight games to a year? Mm -hmm. And just because... Right now, they didn't have enough to, to bring it to trial. Doesn't mean they can't charge him again. You can charge someone for a crime at many times. You just can't try them. Like, they could easily find evidence against him and, re, and, and re, recharge him. So he might not be able to play football ever again. And you sent three first-round draft picks. Okay, who is he going to throw the fucking ball to? They, they have. They're gonna have to install a youth squad. They, they, they traded or they cut Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. They traded a fifth round pick for Amari Cooper. They cut Austin Hooper, and they franchise tag David and Joku. So you got you're telling me you have one tight end and one wide receiver for him to throw the, the ball to. We've seen this. The year before he requested the trade, he had a good receiver and tight end, and they had a good running back, and they went four and fucking 12. Mm-hmm. So we've seen this, and the Browns released two of their starting offensive linemen, and now you're paying this guy 
$230 million and he might not even play? Uh, Guaranteed. Uh, And again, Calvin Ridley bets on a couple football games. He gets a year-long suspension. Deshaun Watson sexually assaults 22 women. He gets five years, $230 million. If that doesn't too upset, if that doesn't upset you as a football fan, I don't know what will. Yeah, like Josh Gordon was suspended from the NFL for years for smoking weed, mm-hmm. just for doing something like smoking weed, not doing anything bad, not beating his wife, not raping women, and he gets suspended for three years. And there's a chance that Deshaun Watson might only get suspended for four games. How is that even? How is that even fair? It doesn't make any sense. The NFL, it's crazy sometimes the decisions that organization makes. Like, there's, they not have a PR team that goes like, hey, like, I know you guys think this is the right decision, but everyone else is going to burn us to the ground for this. And it I am, I, I, I don't know what I'm more upset about. Them giving him the ma- the max extension, him being able to shop himself out. Oh, sorry, you're not in the running anymore for me. What? This is what the NFL's come to, where a player can just be like, "I'm on the market. Come give me your best offer." Wine dine in sixty nine. What the fuck? No, that's not how it should work. Or or that. Um. Oh no, I lost my train of thought. Oh no, what was I mad about again? Oh, that's right. They're giving a rapist two hundred and thirty million dollars. I forgot. It's almost like it's almost like he doesn't deserve that fucking money. Oh, I don't know what's – and I, I remember now that the fact that the Browns, they said, oh, we did um we did extensive research. Huh. That 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 didn't include talking to the, the lawyer of the 22 women uh, who were accusing Deshaun Watson. No, no, no. We, we talked to Deshaun's people. They say he's a good person. Hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. Carter, if, you know, if you – for something you would say you're a good person too right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i bet you they were they were he's gonna he's gonna get past this right there's not not enough evidence and they were like yeah so like all right we'll get him that's down. literally that's literally what it was they were like okay he's not going to fucking prison so you know i so guess what? i guess we can sign him he's not going to, he won't be going to prison right now so we'll sign him <sighs> it's, I, you know they're gonna as a football fan like my like, I can't even understand why you'd mortgage your future on on someone like this. As a Steeler mm-hmm. hater, I love it because you know what? Deshaun Watson never beat the Steelers when he was with the Texans, and he sure as hell ain't gonna beat us with the Browns because the Browns can't beat the Steelers. So you're gonna pay that guy all that money just to get beat by Mitchell fucking Trubisky, baby, money, Mitch. You just cut out for it there. I cut out. Yeah. I just said I said that Deshaun Watson hasn't beat the Steelers when he was with the yeah. Texans, and he sure as hell is not going to beat us with the Browns because the Steelers own the Browns, and they're going to pay two hundred and thirty million dollars to get beat by Mitchell Trubisky. That's all I'm going to say. That's my thoughts on it. I think it's. I just think it's a slap in the face to all the women who accused him. You know, I I see people saying that. You know, maybe some of the women just hopped on the lawsuit and that very much well, we, that very well may be true 
And we do live in a country where you are innocent until proven guilty. But I can understand that if it was one or two, 22 allegations, it's pretty hard to be like, yeah, he didn't do it. That's 22 fucking people, dude. Like, that's hard. That's hard to be like, mm-hmm. you know. It's frustrating, to say the least. Yes, to say the least. To, um, to talk about a quarterback who is a stand-up guy, does well for his community, um, made a shocking move. I talked about it on my podcast. They traded away Carson Wentz without having a legitimate plan for a quarterback. And I think they've done a good job. They just traded for Matt Ryan for a third-round pick. Um, as a Colts fan, I you, we were texting, and you were when they were deciding on if they were going to go for Baker Mayfield or if they were going to go for Matt Ryan, and you, you were kind of torn. Now that you've had a day to process Matt Ryan being a Colts, what are you thinking? Oh, I'm all I'm all for Maddie Ice. I wasn't. I never really wanted Baker. But I just I just saw it ending up being like a waste of a year or two with him at quarterback. He's just I don't know if it's just because the him being at the Browns organization, they're a very dramatic organization in the sense of there's just always something fucking going on with the Browns. But I also feel like Baker's always got that. There's always something going on with Baker. And I just kind of didn't want that for the Colts organization. I also I don't feel like he really fits our organization and how we play. And I'm very much, very, very much more happy with Matt Ryan for just expecting to have to give a lot up too for Baker. Third round pick for Matt Ryan. Beautiful. Beautiful stuff. All the players, like most of our Big name players have all met him, and they all seem so happy to meet him. He looks happy in all the pictures and everything, and him and his family, beautiful family. And he's t- he was talking in an interview, and he said he still wants, still got a couple more years of football in it. He still loves doing this, and he's not done. And I think we got a really good team, and I think we. I'm very very excited for this. Obviously, it could go south. Because, you know, you're getting an older quarterback. But we're kind of used to uh, picking up games with an older quarterback and doing it for the past two years. I think we, uh, I think this will be a good time. He'll be a good quarterback for us until we can get someone young through the draft and build him up. Yeah, so my thoughts, going back in time, when Luck retired, I love Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. but I think that he probably could have handled it oh. a little bit better. I loved Luck. It's very unfortunate about that situation. Brissett was a good bridge quarterback for whoever it needed to be. And I think the first mistake that the Colts made was Brady, because apparently Brady wanted to go to the Colts, and they wanted to fill Phillip Rivers. Mm. That was the first mistake. Second mistake, which – in my eyes, isn't wasn't a mistake. It was more of a good learning lesson. It was trading for Carson Wentz. Because on paper, Carson Wentz had a very good year for the Colts. But when you watch the games, he was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. He lost us so many, so many games, so many down. He was almost single handed downfall. He game. was single handedly the downfall with him he, making boneheaded plays. He, and I, I stand by the statement that 
when Carson Wentz is on his game, he is very fun to watch. He mm-hmm. makes throws, you know, not a lot of hit. He sacrifices his body. When he's off his game, he makes some of the most awful decisions with the football I've ever seen. Like, it's it's tough to watch. I mean, you got to watch through your fingers sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's like, Jesus Christ, what's he going to do now? I know the feeling. I'm very so, happy be another year of that. So now you guys get Matt Ryan, who is an old quarterback. He was drafted in 2008. So this will be his 14th year, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's be his 14th season. But he, it, he did take a Falcons team to the Super Bowl. He was a former MVP. And I think he's the best quarterback that your organization has had since Luck retired. I really like this move. I, I really do. Because you know what? With Phillip Rivers, he was he was out of his prime. With Carson Wentz, he's too inconsistent. Matt mm-hmm. Ryan has just been consistently that dude for a long time. And it's just been it's just been unfortunate that they haven't really had a team around them. Like the year they went on the Super Bowl run, he was he that team was unstoppable. And then they lost a lot of their key pieces, and then they lose Julio Jones and they lose Calvin Ridley in the middle of the season. And they, you know, they lose their, they lose Devontae Freeman, their running back, and they're scrambling for a running back. Like, you know, I, I, I would say that he's gotten the short end of the stick a couple of times, but the Falcons were always in the playoffs. They were winning the division every year. It was either them or the Saints. So mm-hmm. he's a winner. Like, and he's that guy that's going to go out there and he's going to stand in the pocket. He's going to stand tall, but he'll break out of that pocket and he'll go get you the six yards on third and six and head first to get that first down. He's a, he's a competitor, man. I really like this move, and I think that signing him is going to help bring in some receivers because I don't think if you guys signed Baker Mayfield, you guys would have been able to sign any receivers. No. I, I don't. The You saw, like, Odell goes to the Rams after playing with Baker Mayfield, and he lights it up. Jarvis Landry is going to go to a team, and I bet you he's going to light it up. Mm-hmm. He I, like, I think Matt Ryan could I, – I, you know what? I think he might be able to do a little Julio Jones reunion. That's what some people are calling for. I've seen some of our players be like, "Why not?" But why not? Oh, I why not? You guys that. just lost Zach Pascal to the Eagles. The only receivers are Moali Cox and Michael Pittman. Mm-hmm. You got no one, so why not? Why not go get Julio Jones? Odell Beckham's still out there. Why not go sign Odell Beckham? Like Odell Beckham already said, he tweeted out that he would love. He thinks that Matt Ryan has something special there in in, in Indianapolis. Why not go get him? Because on first and second down, he's not throwing the ball anyways. That ball is going to Jonathan Taylor, the best mm. running back in football. So mm. that's why the situation works out well for Matt Ryan. He's able to not rely like he had to in Atlanta on throwing the ball so much. He can re- he can he can sit back and just make the throws he has to and let let the run game dictate the game. That's what Carson Wentz was supposed to do last year, and and he ended up trying to dictate the game over the run game. So like, so yeah, I dude, I think that the Colts made a great move. Um, any other moves by the Colts that you are shocked about? Like maybe some players they lost, or are just maybe a little bit more on uh, Matt Ryan. How you're, what you're happy so, about? I was happy they extended Moelle Cox's uh, deal. I was very happy with that. I like him. Well, they 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 had no choice. Jack Doyle retired. Yeah, which. Jack love Jack Doyle. He was great for us. Gotta get, great dude. Gotta get great Doyle. dude. 
Definitely. But um, obviously you saw Rocky sitting get traded for Yannick. I'm going to miss Rock. He gets injured a lot, which it's unfortunate, but he's a great cornerback. But Yannick, I'm very dude, that's that that's freaking that's Yann that's Yannick and Gakwe, dude. Mm-hmm. That dude's a menace. No, that's he's big beast. I am so excited for him to add him to our defense. He, I think he's gonna be a monster. And monster. honestly, that's why I didn't bring it up when we were talking about the Raiders, but the Yannick and Gakwe trade away. I wanted to wait till we were talking about the Colts. I mm-hmm. think that you guys won that trade easily. Like I you do, said, Rock I was injured a lot, and, and good, but like. Injured. Rock Rock was injury prone, and Yannick Ngakwe is coming off a really good year with the Raiders, and he's coming off another really good year with the Ravens and uh, Vikings the year previous to that. Mm-hmm. Like, I I think this is a solid solid pickup for the for a Colts defense that was lacking in the pass rush last year. Yeah, I'm real real excited for him. I was very it's unfortunate because I really really liked Rocky Seam, but I mean. It's a business. It's a business. So, um, I forget what I was going to say. Um, what do you think about, uh, the Bills signing Von Miller to that, uh, that big ass contract? A lot of money for a player who could retire next season. And it wouldn't be too surprising to me. He's 32. He's, you know, he's old, mm-hmm. but it's not really. A six-year, one hundred and twenty million dollar deal because there's like three voidable years, and most of it was guaranteed money. So I think it was like three years, fifty-two million. Hmm. Um, I think that that was a good pickup for the Bills, though. You know, their pass rushes would really let them down at the end of the year. They brought in OJ Howard. You know, I, I think they tried to make some good pickups to to build their team up. Mm-hmm. See, we're from Western New York, so everyone around us is Bills fans. That's why we have to talk about them. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> but speaking of the Bills, how do you feel about uh, your new little quarterback there with the uh, Mitchy boy, Money Mitch? So, in my in my last podcast, I I talked about like my initial reaction was I was kind of upset, but like honestly, I'm I'm kind of happy with it. You know, I. He's a he's a solid quarterback, dude. He's solid, and he and he played his heart out in Chicago in a bad situation, and still took mm-hmm. that team to the playoffs twice. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got a a almost two to a two to one touchdown ratio. Uh, yeah, two to one touchdown to interception ratio, and he had a and last year he got to learn under Josh Allen and Sean McDermott, who run a similar style regime in Buffalo as they do to Pittsburgh. And, and he's, and like he's, he said, and it might not be true and it might just be that he's, you know, pumping the tires a little bit. But he said, look, when I saw that Ben retired, he said, I knew the place I wanted to go was Pittsburgh. I wanted to make it happen. That's why I signed the first day of free agency. I, this is where I wanted to be. And I believe him. And you always want players who want to be where they are. I'm excited. You know, mm-hmm. he's, he's a clear upgrade over Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph. Very much so. I, I think, I think he can compete with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson in those games because he can get mobile and he can pick up those like third and threes that I, I love Ben. Ben's been my quarterback my whole life, but he didn't have any mobility in his final years. And that was uh, that, that hampered on the offense a little bit, you know, I, like, like I said earlier, the Steelers had an a plus 
offseason. They brought back some key players from last season in Montavious Adams, Akilah Witherspoon, Arthur Mollette, and Miles Killebrew. I thought those were four big players they needed to sign back. I wanted them to bring Juju back, but he's in Kansas City now, and he wants to win a championship. I wish him the best of luck. I hope. I've always liked Juju. I've always respected Juju. Um, I didn't really have an issue with him doing the TikTok or anything. Like, it is what it is. But, you know, we're moving in a different direction. You know, we signed Miles Jack, who I didn't think we were going to get. We signed um, James Daniels and Mason Cole, the two offensive linemen. We signed Levi Wallace from the Bills. I, I, Every gap that the Steelers needed to fill, they filled in the offseason this year. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to the draft and seeing what we do. It's heavily debated if we're going wide receiver or defensive tackle first round. And I, I love what we do with our offseason. You know, we spent a lot of money and we got a lot of quality players. And there's still Stephon Gilmore, Bobby Wagner, Tyron Matthew. They're all people I'd want to see as Steelers. They're all still free agents. Yeah, there's, it's crazy how crazy an offseason it's been and how many people are still out there who haven't committed to a team. It has been a crazy offseason. So what, speaking, speaking of committed to a team, big, big footy people here, you see that United officially interviewed Eric Ten Hag for the open manager position yesterday? I did not, actually. Yeah. And apparently, from the leaks, the United's front office really, really likes his how his English has developed. They think that he could hit. There wouldn't be anything that got lost in translation. They think they think that uh, his interview went really well, and that he's obviously the front runner. Yeah, he is a phenomenal manager. I wanted him at Arsenal myself. I I I don't know. It's just the one thing I see, and I have to agree. We don't know if his his style of play is going to translate to the Premier League. But they said the same thing about um, Pep and his style of play. And Man City has dominated the Premier League. so And they've dominated football on, an, on a global scale. Mm-hmm. The only so, thing you could say is Ajax is like a super club. In the, not in the global scale. I mean, obviously they are. But they're not winning Champions Leagues left and right. But they're and especially in Dutch that they are that they are one. It's kind of like Bayern in Germany. They're the dominant team of the area. There's solid teams in there. Don't get me wrong, and plenty of other front runners in that league as well. But if that jump to the Premier League, the Premier League is a totally different breed. Almost, almost all the teams are. They might not be in the points range, but everyone is competitive. These teams are all. It's a very big jump. So, speaking of Premier League, as it stands right now, City is in first with 70 points, and Liverpool are only one point behind them. But then the jump to third place is 10 points to Chelsea. Arsenal, who started off the year, and we I joked, you know, to your dismay that they were going to get relegated, are sitting at fourth with 54 points. United is sitting at sixth with 50 points. Um, and you guys are one and we're one game up on you guys. So you guys are, you guys are one game down. Mm. Um, so right now, as it stands, how are you feeling about Arsenal and the complete turnaround they've had since the beginning of the season? I feel good about it. I'm still iffy about things. We were supposed to have a very big winter transfer 
and we had absolutely nothing. We got rid of a bunch of players, and especially ones like Aubameyang, who are playing phenomenal over at Barcelona. It really doesn't make me feel super great about the situation. We're still playing amazing. We win our games against lower-table teams, but the problem is we just can't do it against these top-quality teams. We're playing good right now, but it just worries me. We slip up and have one or two losses against some of these lower-table teams. and United's right back on your heels. We continue to not win these big games against big teams. We're screwed. And like the last big game I can think of us winning is off the top of my head is Spurs back in, back in like the fall, which has a big one. But Spurs are always gonna Spurs, you know. That's so true, man. So, you know, United's had United's had its season this year. Obviously, we sack Ole. You know, that's your club legend. But as you've seen with teams that hire their club legends. It doesn't work out well. You know, look at Lampard and Chelsea. They sack Lampard and they immediately win the Champions League the, that same year with mm. Thomas Tuchel, which apparently Thomas Tuchel might be coming up on the market. He might be leaving Chelsea. So, surprise me. I would, United, I apparently, know. United, him and, and Tuchel and um, um, Rangnick are, you know, they're tight. So, yeah, you that, can see that would Tuchel. make me hate him even more. <laughs> But um, then, then after Ole gets um gets sacked, our star young player is a rapist and is now in prison off the team. Big blow to the team, but he gets what he deserves, and I hope that he serves the maximum sentence they can give him. Mm-hmm. Um, disgusting stuff. Just, it, I'm not I'm not gonna go into it because we've already mm-hmm. talked about one to, one in this episode. Um. It's, it's just disgusting stuff. And, again, I hope that the max amount of justice that can be served gets served. And he ruined his entire life. Um, then we went on a bit of a win streak, and we hadn't lost since Rangnick took over. And then we lose to City. And then we lose. Now we're out of the Champions League. And it just seems like we're in a bad position. Marcus Rashford he doesn't even know how to lace his boots up correctly. I mean, he's been playing absolutely horrible. Our center back, who is the captain of our team and also the captain of the English team, plays like he has six legs. He's so horrible. He's probably going to get sent out. Um, I don't even think he'll make England. He's playing very bad. He he did make the England squad that's playing this weekend. Yeah, but that's just... This, you know, this- you know, I don't know if he. Dude, he's, he like, he's been uh, playing so horrible. He played great in the Euros, and he's just he been did. horrible yeah. ever since. There's a good chance that we don't even make Europa League this season. I am extremely disappointed. Um, and we're gonna. We've had our issues with our strikers. You know, Ronaldo's been what Ronaldo can be, and I'm appreciative of that. But Cavani has like not wanted to play. Like, he'll just, like, stay an extra week in, in Uruguay on holiday. And it's like, dude, you need to – we don't have a striker now. We don't have a striker. We sent Martial on loan. So, like yeah, – If you know the situation. I, I, it's just – it's – it's now we're out of Champions League, and it's just like, you know. I, I, I know. 
you know, I it's it's just tough, man, because I thought that we really were going to be Atletico. You lose at home. It was a horrible ref game. And now my least favorite team gets a Mickey Mouse fucking drawing and they draw Benefica and they're going to get a – I'm not even going to speak their name because it's just so vile of a team <laughs> name. And – and they're gonna get him. They get a Mickey Mouse drawing, and this is back to back Mickey Mouse drawings. And they're just gonna get a, a, a sweet little cushion right to the freaking uh, quarterfinal round. Just pisses me off, man. I think they might even have it straight to the finals. I Let's think they topple Bayern if Bayern beat um, whoever they play. Who I'm blanking on at the moment. I pardon me feels like they got Real Madrid. No, Real has um Chelsea. It's Real, Chelsea, Atletico, City, Porto, Liverpool, and then Liverpool has Benfica. So I think it's Porto versus Byron. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Total brain fart right there. Well, no, actually it helped us figure out who they were playing. No, yeah, I um, know. Fart. Cause yeah, that's who they're playing. But um, we're running low on time, so I want to transition into something that I really want to talk about. Batman, dude, you just went and saw it for a second time. I've seen it twice. We went and saw it opening night. What a movie, dude! I love, I love this movie from the opening scene. To when the credits roll, it is perfection. Very much. It's fresh on your mind. It's fresh on your mind. So I want you to get it all out. So I'll continue as we. I told you when we first saw the movie, the score is just fantastic. I still, I want to buy the ringtone for Batman's theme and wake up to it every morning. It is such an amazingly directed shot done everything even like the costume designs have you seen like they had like um a little like museum set up of like all like the actual costumes and things that they had i did see that i did see that and oh it looks so fantastic everything was done so intricate like oh gotham itself was beautiful beautifully done i Loved it. I just, I loved everything about that movie. It was, I have one gripe that I had two times going through now, but besides that, I would say beautifully done. And my, what is your, uh, what's your gripe? Let me hear it. It would be Catwoman and Batman's little love. It doesn't, it's thick. Their first kiss, very out of the blue. I remember when I was first watching it. I was very much like that came out of like nowhere almost. Like I can kind of understand maybe it's just a situation and tense building up and being with like this big brooding and mysterious man. And I mean, yeah, it was definitely it, they definitely had like a lot of like sexual tension throughout the whole movie, but it felt very like forced. Yeah, I wish it was played. I wish it was shown more in the third act instead of you know in the second. I wish, like, maybe the second played up a bit more of them starting to have, not, like, feelings like falling in love for each other, but, like, fighting side by side and working together in this crazy case and everything. 
and then their feelings being expressed. But I, I find a lot in Hollywood and film and shows and whatnot, they just always fumble the bag with relationships. A lot of these people, I guess, lack the interaction or having relationships or some someone's messing up somewhere because in so many TV shows and movies, they just mess up a relationship. I think my only gripe with the movie was that the epilogue dragged just a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. I've seen Oaks complaints about the I third act. I love I love the the pacing of the movie was incredible. It's three hours long, so if you're gonna mm-hmm. have a three hour movie, you have to pace it good, or else it's gonna get boring. And it wasn't. The pacing was beautiful, but spoiler alert because you know what the movie's been out for like three weeks now. If you haven't seen it, that's your fault. Um, after the whole thing happens where they blow up the, the, um, the dams and it, and they, and it floods Gotham after all that, when Riddler's in the, um, when he's in the jail and at the cemetery, it dragged for me. I really start to feel like, holy fuck, how much is left in this movie? You know, like it, that's when I really was like, okay, I feel that we can end this thing. I like that cemetery scene of that. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I liked it. I liked it, but it just felt like after mm. everything that we had just been through, it seemed like it completely like just like hit the brakes on you. And then a good ending point would have been when he was having that monologue, talk, how he's like going from being a symbol of vengeance to being a symbol of hope. That's that like, that's great. That, off. that, that I, when, the, when, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I like seeing them drive off. And, like, you see them messing around and, like, going ahead of each other and whatnot. And you just see, like, Bruce, you see Batman be happy, which is, it's just happy for me. Because it's just a tough movie. You can tell that it's a man in mental anguish and pain and doesn't know how to express it with besides just straight violence. And it's it's bittersweet because during it, it's them leaving and then you see them split off. And it's very much like a dam. But I, um... I liked it. I loved just how dark it was. I love how normally the Riddler is like this over the top, like zealous kind of character. And they made him like the Zodiac killer. Mm-hmm. Like he's stalking his, he's stalking his prey. He's like that, that opening scene was like a horror movie. Oh yeah. Standing behind them and just brutally attacks the guy and the traps he has set up with the bomb around the guy's vest. And like, Oh yeah. The way that they worked the story, it just the Batmobile scene was my favorite scene in the entire oh. movie. The Batmobile was so cool. I love how they made it like oh. actually realistic. And like oh cool. Dude, the, I just and going back to the makeup design, Colin Farrell is the pen. You didn't know that, that was Colin Farrell before the movie. You wouldn't have never guessed it. He was unrecognizable. Yeah. Unrecognizable. He did such a, such a fantastic he, job. I think he might have been the best character in the movie, honestly. Honestly, I think acting wise, he probably did the best. Ah, dude, the whole <laughs> I, you know what I love though? I loved how in in most superhero movies, at the end the superhero stops the 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 bad guy from the pulling off the big big bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen in this movie. Nope. Bad guy wins. The bad guy tech yeah, tech like <laughs> even though Batman did like I guess stop, stop, stop the massacre. He stopped like the like the massacre, but he Dude, he didn't. He like he didn't stop like no. the city getting flooded, which was like the big the big thing. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. And I love that Batman gets his ass kicked in this movie. Like, he's oh, not yeah. invincible. I have that written down. I love seeing him in fights. Like, I love seeing him dominate and stuff, but he he wasn't pulling off, like, just, like, essentially, like, a perfect combo and not getting touched once and hitting everyone with, like, a three-piece and then on to the next guy. Like, you can tell he's still early on. He's taking hits. He's doing – he's acting brashly and – not like calm, level-headed. It was like just like so when hard. like when old Bruce always says like I was way too aggressive in my early years. I got like the reason I'm so broken now is because I w- went way too hard. They 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 like they make that like a focal point in this movie that they want to be like. There's a reason why when he's old, like he can't walk, and this is the reason why. Mm-hmm. Like the attention to detail in the movie was incredible, and I loved how that was so like. The, the return to movie, like the return to theaters movie was Spider-Man. And that was like, that was what it was. Mm-hmm. And the Batman as the second superhero movie to come out was such a good, like, follow up. Very much so. Like, it, movie. They're, they're, they're trying to build something special with this Batman universe. And I'm excited. Question, though, do you think at the end that that was the joker or the mad hatter because i I, think it was the mad hatter i think it is i don't think it was joker do you think it's two-face no i saw one totally different i really i saw something about um that matt reeves like might have already said that the next villain isn't the joker i don't know if he like openly said that or like it was implied through something but i heard that a couple of days ago on the internet but I think, are you familiar with Clayface? Yeah. I think it could be him. I've heard, because the face being deranged like that could make sense for it to be that character. That's what I've heard. I could see it being Clayface. I just see them not being able to do him correctly. But at the same time, I could. I, I, I guess I guess I'm kind of just like, I'm just as a, as a as a Batman fan, them never doing the Mad Hatter has really irritated me because he's such a cool villain that I wanted to be the Mad Hatter. There's but, another person I had that um I forget his name. He's in the Batman games. If you played him though, and he's a he's a dude who his thing is just he just essentially gets like facial surgery i don't know if it's like a power or if it's more of he just keeps getting surgeries done and he changes his face and i remember like in the like in the arkham games the whole thing is he's changing so we could like fuck with him and that person in the jail cell you could obviously see had a deranged and mingled face so maybe but that's more of like a mystical power if you're doing like uh, someone who can instantly change their face I don't know. I think maybe it was supposed to be a Joker. I think it'd be weird to do the Riddler again in either the second, definitely not the second movie they wouldn't do, but like in, even in the third one, I think it would be a little weird. So I could maybe, maybe that was supposed to be the Joker. And in that sense, they're never going to get out of jail because it'd be hard to get out of jail. They're in maximum Arkham Asylum, like Arkham Security Prison. And um, one last topic before we wrap this up. Um, Moon Knight comes out, I believe, 
next week. First episode May coming out next or, week. Um, like March 30th. So, yeah, should be. So, um, I know you've seen the trailer. Are you, I'm very excited for this. I'm pretty sure that's going to be TVMA. Oh, yeah. I think. I agree. It's going to be. It looks like it's going to be dark. So, I'm I'm excited for Moon Knight. Um, your thoughts on the trailer and um, maybe Marvel trying to go in a, in a direction where they can still keep like the PG-13, but also they can appeal to the audience who, you know, likes to see a little bit more violence and swear words. Very excited for it. I'm very excited for Oscar Isaac to make his debut in the MCU. I love him as an actor. Um, his character, from what the trailer I've seen, I think it's going to be a very interesting and lovable character he seems like a kind of not like innocent but like you know just like a lovable guy who happens to have some like issues and it seems like his life just gets totally flipped upside down with whatever is going on from what i'm seeing from it my prediction is it's going to start off slow with a lot of explaining and uh, background stuff to do but i think they'll keep us interested with a lot of very cool like dream sequences and like illusions of the sort and playing with effects a lot i think they'll do until he's able to don that suit and everything and then i think action will push forward obviously it could be wrong and maybe we get the suit with him like the first episode but that's my predictions for it i'm really excited for it i am too and um i like i like what marvel has done with these last couple tv shows falcon and the winter soldier was awesome wandavision was awesome loki was awesome what if was awesome, um, and I, how could you not have your your hopes up really high for this show? They got a really good actor. They have a really good head who wrote the script for this. I, I I'm super excited for it. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's gonna conclude our segment. Um, thank you for your time. Uh, this was awesome. Of I, I, I had a great time, man. Me too, man. Always here if you need another voice to chat with you. Absolutely. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about some more NFL free agency, so maybe the Colts make some moves, and uh, we'll have you back on to chat around. Our, um, Thank you for your time, man. Everyone give a round of applause for... Uh, absolutely. Everyone give a round of applause for uh, Mr. Carter Doty. Uh, thank you for your time, man. Thank you. Thank you. You have a good one, Austin. You too, man. All right. Bye-bye. All right, so our next segment, we're going to hop into all things Buffalo. And joining me, the man from last week who loves everything about Buffalo. He's a Buffalo Bills fan. He's a Buffalo Sabres fan. Quinn Schneider, welcome back to the fire. You got yourself a nice cold beer? Yes, sir. What's good, Austin? Doing good, man. Uh, A lot of big things happened in uh, in the NFL world. Deshaun Watson traded to the Browns, Didn't Devontae see Adams coming. traded to the Raiders, um, yeah. Matt Ryan traded to the Colts, but something that's going to affect the Bills, Tyreek Hill, breaking news today, was traded to the Miami Dolphins for five picks. So uh, you had some rather uh, funny thoughts. Uh, let's hear it, man. Uh, I ain't scared at all, honestly. When you got Tua turn the ball over at quarterback for the Dolphins, I just don't see 
obviously he's an amazing receiver and they'll definitely do better than I think they'll beat the Patriots out for second place. I think they clinched the second place in the division, but they're not even close to our level. And yeah, I mean, um, the Dolphins added a lot of people this offseason. So um, they added Tyreek Hill today. Yeah. They signed Taron Armstrong yesterday. Mm-hmm. They signed Raheem Mostert. They signed Chase Edmonds. They signed Connor Williams, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and Cedric Wilson. So they've, They've been. They're trying to put a team around Tua. Um, I don't know with their new head coach. If they would have put these pieces around Tua with Brian Flores, this would have been a contending team. Because Brian, well, I, is a phenomenal I am scared head coach. of their head coach. That looks like he shouldn't even be coaching football. He should be coaching the spelling bee. That's what <laughs> I think he he should be doing. But um, yeah, I, I just don't see. I. Maybe the Dolphins can sneak in the playoffs, but they're not touching us. They they haven't beaten – they've only beaten Josh Allen once, and that was in his rookie year off a dropped touchdown pass by Charles Clay. Otherwise, if Charles I remember Clay, that. Clay would have caught that. that pass, Allen would be undefeated. He's still – he's, I believe, 7-0 and in his last seven games versus the Dolphins. I'm not worried. We got Stephon Diggs. We got – we just signed Jamison Crowder from the Jets. So, speaking of uh... – have the I have the tweet right here of everyone that you guys have signed. Now where is it? Okay. So you guys have made a lot of moves this offseason. So you guys lost Trubisky to the Steelers. You lost Matt Breda to the Giants. You released Cole Beasley. Um, you released Feliciano. You released Star Latule. Um, you lost Vernon Butler to the Raiders. Um, Harrison Phillip went to the Vikings, released AJ Klein. You were lost. You lost Levi Wallace, the Steelers, but you guys got Case Keenum from the Browns. You brought in backup replacement, brought, brought in Duke Johnson from the the Dolphins. Yep. And we signed, uh, Tim settle from the commanders. Uh, he's a defensive tackle that didn't get enough. Didn't get a lot of snaps because he was behind freaking, Chase Young and and, and on that. defensive tackle, you also signed Daquan Jones from, yeah, the, Panthers from the Panthers and Jordan and Jordan Phillips from the Cardinals. And we brought back Shaq Lawson, both of them. Yep. And then the big one, Von Miller. I was and, I, uh, I want to get to Von Miller, but I want to talk about two other players first. So I want to talk about OJ Howard real quick. I like yeah. the signing a lot. He's going to be a good. I. I He's got I, some I mean, injury I feel bad for Dawson. He I feel ain't bad terrible. For I feel bad for Dawson Knox because OJ Howard's a stud tight end, and I don't want to see Dawson Knox lose the starting role. But OJ Howard is damn good. Oh, I think because our offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey, he likes running two tight end sets, so they're probably going to use OJ Howard and Dawson Knox a lot. I don't think Dawson Knox is going to lose his spot. I think he's still solidified as the starting tight end, but OJ Howard's definitely going to cut into that snap count, I think, but that's fine as long as he produces. And Jamison Crowder. I like that signing. That's a good lot receiver because you guys lost Beasley. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, I like it on a lot. That signing. I'm going to be honest with you. I think Jamison Crowder, Crowder's clapped. I don't think he's good anymore. Um, and I think that losing Beasley's big because he is very good in the slot. 
Well, we, but, get, we released him because of cap space to get Von Miller. And Isaiah McKenzie thrived in the slot role that Beasley used. And he's way younger. He's like four four years younger than him. He doesn't have the injury issues like Cole Beasley, knock on wood. And um, Jamison Crowder, I mean, he produced with fucking horrible-ass quarterbacks. Freaking Zach Wilson and um, who was there? Mike Jones? Was that the guy the quarterback that came into play midseason versus the Jets or for the Jets uh no Mike White Mike White not Jones Mike White yeah Mike White he was and, also uh, at the commanders with Alex Smith yes and uh and um Deshaun Deshaun uh Dwayne Haskins yes yeah I think it's a good sign I, I, he's not gonna be the starting slot receiver I don't think I think that goes to McKenzie but just uh, in that he's probably going to fill that Emmanuel Sanders role because um, I doubt we're bringing him back. So I, I think it's a good signing. And we only paid $4 million for him. Yeah. For like one year, $4 million. I don't even think the cap hits $4 million. I think it's more like $2 million with bonuses. So it's not a terrible low so, risk. Low risk. So signing. the best signings that the, that the Bills made this offseason were one, Roger Saffold from the Titans. Yeah, big, Pro Bowl guard. Big offensive lineman signing. You lost you lost Daryl Williams and John Feliciano. You needed to fill you need to fill those spots because John Feliciano, he's not great, but he's still a starter. So bringing in Roger Saffold from the Titans, that was a big And we big have signing. Ryan Bates. He's a restricted free agent. We offered the tender. He didn't sign it yet. He's still like mauling over. I really hope we don't lose Ryan Bates, though, because he was really good at the end of the year when um, Feliciano got hurt, and, and that he replaced Feliciano for the rest of the season, even when Feliciano came back, because he just performed way better. So I really hope we don't lose Ryan Bates, but and then do, it's whatever. The, the big one that I know you're fiending to talk about. Yes, sir, Von Von Miller. Miller. And everyone's saying overpay, six, overpay. But you, it's not because it's not. It's voidable years. So it's not really six years, $120 million. It's more like three years, $50 million with 41 guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. So as a Bills fan, he's 32 years old, but give but me your thoughts. Come, yeah, he's 32 years old, which is – but Chandler Jones is 31, and he got similar money, even more. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, you know, and he's coming off. He's a proven, he's a first ball hall of famer. He's freaking Super Bowl MVP. He's had two sacks in the Super Bowl on Joe Burrow. Forced the fumble against Cam Newton that basically gave him the MVP of that Super Bowl back in, back in the day. I love the signing. I think that the one thing that let the bills down at the end of the season and especially in the playoffs was pass rush. I think that, yeah, you know, you know what, the 13 seconds, it is what it is, man. But if they, if the Bills would have had a lick of a pass rush at against and anywhere in that game, I think that they could have won. And I think they addressed that with Von Miller. Exactly. It was either Von Miller or Chandler Jones. Yep. And I, I didn't rather, even know I'd Von Miller was Von a free Miller. agent, to be completely honest with you. I did. I did because I was shocked that the Broncos traded him at, uh, for, for a second round pick when he was going to be a free agent. I thought they were just going to release him. Yeah. I was shocked the the Rams actually traded for him, but um 
And it's others, not like we other... over uh, like people say, oh, Von Miller finessed the Bills. Well, the Rams were offering him th- um, that amount of money too. Well, probably not as much, but a little less to keep him. They really wanted to keep Von Miller, but um, he chose to go to the Bills. Yeah, he said the yeah. biggest reason he wanted to sign with the Bills was uh, Josh Allen. Yep. And um, Josh Allen's a uh, top three QB. After this past season, he has an argument to say he's top three, top five. Cause he's definitely top five. Easily top five, top three, top three. Fringe top no. three. I think That's he's top three, though. Obviously, obviously the top three is always going to be debated because, you know, Tom Brady had his best statistical season in his entire career. Uh, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl. So, like, there's three QBs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Mahomes went to the AFC Championship. Joe Burrow had a great seat. Like, a lot of quarterbacks played really good this season. But I don't think anyone turned up at the end of the season like Josh Allen did. I think that puts him fringe top three, easy top five, probably number four. And keep in mind, he was by far away, and it's not even close, the best quarterback in the playoffs this past year. Oh, oh, not even close. Oh, yeah, easily. He didn't, he didn't even throw any over. picks. Didn't have a single turnover. No turnovers, nine touchdowns. Insane. Yeah. I, he, I, if I was a Bills fan, I would just hope that he brings he like he he carries it over into next season and they don't the Bills don't start off slow. That's that's the one thing that would scare me is that is the team starting off slow with the AFC getting so good you can't afford to start off slow now there's there's too many good teams in the AFC exactly yeah the AFC stacked and the NFC is like little league like it's not yeah. even close that's to why, levels dude, that's why I'm shocked that's why I'm shocked half these people are coming to the uh are coming to the AFC because yeah. it's just like these it, it's such a harder way to get to the Super Bowl I'd rather go to the NFC and and have an easier route to the Super you Bowl. You only have Brady and Rodgers, who doesn't even have Devontae Adams anymore. Well, you still got Dak Prescott, you still got, maybe. You still got Dak. You still got Brady. You still got Jameis and the Matt Saints. Matt Ryan's not even in, not no, even not there, there anymore. Um, you still got Kyler Murray. You still got um. You'll still have you'll still have the running attack of San Fran. You'll still have Matthew Stafford, but again seven teams make the playoffs and that's only like five quarterbacks. Yep. So and I got, and um, I got a question. How do you think your Steelers are going to stack up? Because in my opinion, I, you know, everybody always says this is the year the Steelers will miss the playoffs and they don't miss the playoffs. But looking at this AFC, I just don't know how the Steelers get into the playoffs. Well, that, it's pretty simple. In that We're going division. Division. to win the division. It's pretty simple. Um, with Money look, Mitch? With Money Mitch, yeah, because first of all, Mitch Trubisky is a winner. He has a winning record. Um, <laughs> he's a good quarterback. I, I think that he gets a lot of shit because of the bad situation that he was in in Chicago. But he did everything he could in Chicago to get them to the playoffs twice as a three-year starter. So, you know, he had, he had a, a bad head coach and a bad GM who don't have a position in the NFL anymore. They didn't even get I mean, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like Are you going to go receiver first round, do you think? Um well, cuz we, you need receivers. Juju lost, left. Yeah, James Washington left too. Yeah. Um you only have Deontay and Claypool really. 
and Friermuth and, and Zach your tight end. I like Friermuth. He's and we have Anthony Miller who was on he's the got some fumble squad. issues Friermuth, but he I he like only him. had he only had one uh, he had two fumbles this year. Oh well, I saw but the he was Lions a game when he fumbled it. When that they were was about one to drive, drive down the field, one. and I saw. Him I think fumble. he only had one more. He well, he had the one fumble, and then he had the drop, which it wasn't really a drop. It was a pass breakup by Harrison Smith at in the Vikings game. But he he was he was the highest rated rookie tight end, and he was the third highest rated tight end last year. He's going to be a stud. I, they have a lot of pieces for Trubisky to be successful, and they also went out and got some of the best linemen available to open up some holes for Najee Harris. Because that's going to be big. That's going to take a lot of pressure Harris off. Is a, definitely going to be a Pro Bowl running back. Oh, easily. That's for he was sure. already a Pro Bowl running back. Or he year. was already a Pro Bowl. Yeah, exactly. It was back. rookie season. But he set the Steelers franchise record for rushing yards in his rookie season. I wanted the Bills to draft Najee. I am. Um, I, and and on defense, we like we needed a good number two corner, and we signed Levi Wallace. We needed a good number yep. one corner. We brought back Akilo Witherspoon, who was who now was, the Bills need a number two corner. I think you guys are going corner in the draft. Yeah, or, I hope so. And then we needed a good linebacker. We signed Miles Jack, who is a top five linebacker. Yeah, I in like the Miles. That was like, like one of the best was, signings for the Steelers. Exactly. Miles Jack, and, and we're linked to Honey Badger. I don't know if we're going to get him, but if you get if you get Tyron Matthew, that defense is probably like. I'd say the number one defense in the league. You'd have Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. You still got Minka, right? And Minka and dude, it would that team would be ridiculous. It would be ridiculous. They but they also (laughs) brought back Montavious Adams, who was a defensive tackle we got from the Saints practice squad last year, who really stepped up and helped our defensive line when it was struggling. You're gonna get Tyson Alualu back from injury. Um, You know. All the pieces are there, I, you know, and you got a coach who has never had a losing season and has defied the odds every single year, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. The sky's the limit. Who knows if the Bengals are going to be able to repeat their success. The Browns aren't going to have a quarterback for at least eight games to a year. So, Well, that's not official. but it's, dude, He's going to get suspended. He's going to get suspended. He's going to get suspended. I don't know, man. Okay. If Ben Roethlisberger, I would think he gets suspended, but it's the NFL. Okay, but Ben Roethlisberger had two weak allegations against him and got four games. Deshaun Watson has twenty-two pretty strong allegations. That's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna frame. If they're gonna give Calvin Ridley a year for gambling on uh, on a game, they better give Deshaun Watson a year for for twenty-two allegations. True. Or you're setting an unfair precedent. Yeah. Ray Rice, I, Ray Rice, he never played a down of football again. Colin Kaepernick, he on the, I'm not, I'm not saying what he said, he's right, but hyperbole. He, he protested and he doesn't play in that anymore. So for a guy to molest and two women and for him to get a $230, okay. a $230 contract, all guaranteed, not get suspended, would set a very, very bad precedent for the NFL. There's going to be a suspension. They have no choice. Well, it's not like he was convicted, though. They dropped them. No, they did not drop the charges. They didn't have enough evidence to um, to proceed with the charges that were against him. But it doesn't mean that they can't recharge him. They can still get evidence and recharge him. And he still has to settle the lawsuits. Those are still active. So I just don't know. 
I don't know how the Steelers win the division, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, let's be the Ravens are the Ravens. They're clapped. They got a running back for quarterback. I don't <laughs> I, I again the Browns are the Browns. They're not gonna win the division. And and the Bengals the Bengals Joe are gonna Shiesty. be the only competition. The Bengals are gonna be the only competition, but when you put Eli Apple out there on the corner, you better be prepared to lose some games. So well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Should be so, interesting. Transitioning over to the Sabres. Yeah. What? What? An emotional roller coaster of a weekend of hockey we had. So, on it that, went from it went from turning the TV off to staying glued to the TV at one in the morning. Yeah. Um, Thursday we played the Oilers. No, in Edmonton, absolutely spanked. I'm not gonna. Got dropped. Look, I'm look. I'm, Couple points I want to talk to you about, but I want to talk about the good stuff. But we have to talk the negative. A big problem with the Sabers this year is in the slot wide open and killed them against the Oilers. Yamamoto was open in the slot for the first goal wide open, no one even there. McDavid, McDavid. Um, the team. I just, just think it's funny that Colin Miller. Gets out of injury reserve oh, and God, dude. his first game back is the Oilers game. Of course, the defense is going to shit itself. He's horrible. I'm surprised they didn't trade him, but no one wanted him. That's what I, I'll get to the trades later. But the team not being later, physical but. on the boards that goes back. Like, look, yeah, yeah, you had to fly Edmonton, and they were coming off a three-game losing streak. So pissed off, and it was just like the it was just bad timing to be playing them. Um, but I think the 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 game is in the same sequence breaks the stick and then Cody Eakin breaks the stick so you have two guys out there so it's basically a five on three and they're skating around just trying to like clothesline the Edmonton players (laughs) and kick the puck out of the zone so that they can go get sticks and it was just like it was like two and a half minutes of that I, I, that basically sums up the entire game. I just, just a complete embarrassment. Just like, just sad. Yeah, I, I turned it off after the first period and went to bed. I was too tired my, to see that. My shit. biggest question I have for you that I get out of the Edmonton game is that Mick Jesus, Connor McDavid, is so fucking good at hockey. Yeah. Imagine what life would be like if we would have we won the lottery. Take him. If we would have won the lottery and got him instead of Jack Eichel, yeah, what do you, dude? Oh, we would have kick had... ass, hmm. kick ass in Buffalo. But what are you gonna do? So now after Thursday, Tukarski game back to back. We're on a we're on a back to back Friday night. Tukarski standing I texted, on his head. I texted Quinn and I was like, man, if we just got slapped by the Oilers, it's about to be. It's about to be a massacre against Calgary. Yeah, because um, we I lost didn't... five to one versus them previously, or five two, seven like to that. one, seven to one. Shit. No, no, seven to zero actually. Oh seven to zero. Goodness. We didn't even. We only had like ten shots on net the whole game. Um, I didn't know that Dominic Hasek put on Tokarski's pads and and sweater and he picked made up that the stick again. He robbed. Who was the the guy that shot that the where he made the big save? Who I shot think that, that was puck? the chuck. I think yeah, that was... I think it was to chuck. Yeah, he robbed him. He went across the No, no, you know who it was? You know who it was? It was John, Johnny Gaudreau. Johnny yeah, Gaudreau. He was okay. coming in to clean it up and he came across he came back across post to post and robbed him. 
Just Paul, robbed them. Dude, style. Highway robbery. Um, what what a response that they from the from a team, a young team, to the night before get the shit kicked out of you. The next night, a Go. cup contender, a cup contender in Calgary. Go shot for shot with them, skate and for shut them out, them. shut them out, and then beat them in overtime. And controlled the whole OT. They didn't have a single shot. And I want yeah, well, to. They, well, they did. They did for the first two two and a half minutes. We controlled it, and then they had that like thirty. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. I'm thinking of the 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 Vancouver fucking, game. Yeah, the Vancouver game. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, what a response from this young team. You like. Darlene leading the overtime. Um, He's in his bag right now. I like I like what I like what um what what Don Granado has done with putting Cody Eakin on to start it off to win the faceoff, get us the puck, take him off, and put Tuck on that way because Cody Eakin. I don't like him. That's but the only he, thing he's good at. That's the only off. thing he's good at is winning faceoffs, <laughs> and it's it worked for Calgary and it worked it worked for Vancouver, but. Um, Thoughts on the Calgary game? I I thought it was the perfect response for a young team who just got their ass kicked the night before to go to go toe to toe with a cup, probably the second best team or third best team in the NHL, who at the end of the day have the their top two lines are the number one scoring line and the number three scoring highest scoring lines in the entire NHL. And they shut them out. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's just crazy. Tukarski, you know, so many fans shit on him, including myself sometimes. He has his um, moments. He has his moments. But then there's some games where he just goes off. And that was one of those games. And that's why, I, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to bring him back as the number three goalie, the starter on the Amherst next year. And he could be the... When if one of our guys gets hurt, we can call him up, be the backup. I wouldn't be opposed to that. I don't think he's going to have that much of a bidding war for him to be a because I don't think he's an NHL caliber goalie to be honest, like a full season backup. But he's a perfect number three, and um, he just makes those crazy saves. But some of those games, he just absolutely shits himself and just lets in five goals. But other games, he'll just pop off and make incredible saves that you've never seen before. So his last NHL shutout was in 2014 when he played for the um, when he played for the Canadians and he faced yeah, when, the Sabres. And that last time the Sabres had a shutout was 2019. And it was right at the beginning of the 2019 season. So two, basically three seasons ago was our crazy. last shutout. That's um, crazy. Kind of sad, but... So yeah. we go through regulation toe to toe overtime we win the we win the face off we Tuck control score? overtime or Tage Thompson scored yeah off the bobble from Markstrom Markstrom fans the clearance and i don't i see people not giving Thompson credit yeah that's a between, crazy shot dude that's a tough that's a tough, tough shot, shot. he 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 had to cut the puck between his legs and on and extend his arm extend his arms while shoot. he's going full speed um I thought it was I thought it was a great overtime dagger. I don't feel bad for Markstrom. He, you know what? That's a he's he's one of the best goalies, but you, you shouldn't be, be that far that, up. Dude, on you the can't ice, be though. you can't be making that mistake. You dude. can't be that far up. That's on the that's ice. rookie. That's a rookie mistake, dude. Yeah. Like, I I I loved that game. It was it was incredible. Then 
Sunday we have a day off. Then we have the Vancouver game. I mean, that first period, the I thought there game. was a chance. I thought there was a chance that first period we were going to beat Vancouver five nothing. Middlestat gets a goal on his first shift. Um, feel great for Mit- Mitzi. He's had a tough season between injury and not being productive on the ice, and he had a phenomenal game. Um, so him getting to score on his first shift, and then later on in the second period, he gets an assist on the Skinner goal. Um, I like to see the, the redemption. Maybe, hopefully, tonight they play tonight at seven thirty, as when we're recording this on Wednesday. Hopefully, he can get a goal against the uh, Penguinos. But the player of the game, you're the guy who the last two seasons you called Dal Mid, yeah, you thought was a a bust. Darlene has become is becoming the best player on this team, and not only that, I'd say a top three defenseman in the NHL. That game he had against Vancouver was incredible. He dominated the entire game in the defensive zone, in the offensive zone, and overtime. Complete and utter domination by number 26. Exactly. He did phenomenal, especially in overtime. He just, he can skate. He he's like the best skater I've ever seen. Um, when he's not when he's not freaking circling around in his deep in his own end twenty times, and actually, you know, gets aggressive and goes down the ice and tries to get those shots on the net, he can be one of the best rece- uh, defensemen in the league. And we saw so, that. So when he was first drafted, and this happens a lot, you know, he's a young kid. He he wasn't really fully developed into his. Um, it's a weird way to say, but his grown man body, right? Yeah. And his par- and his partner was Ristolainen, who is considered Horrible. one of the worst, one of the worst statistical defensemen in the entire NHL. Stinking it up with the Flyers. He gave a speak. Exactly. So, um, we got a first year- round pick off. Can you believe that? What about a f- what, talk about a fleece job? Talk about a fleece <laughs> job. Um, so he didn't have the best pairing partner and he really wasn't developing and on, and he had Ralph Kruger as a coach and we already know what Ralph and Phil and Ralph Kruger single-handedly tried to set this organization back another five years and in his one season or I hated the hire to begin with I thought it was terrible was was he here one or two seasons two seasons one and a half one in, yeah, because he got fired after he set the NHL record for most consecutive losses in a row. Yeah. It tied the record at 18 consecutive losses. Then Donnie um, Meatballs came in and saved it. Single-handedly tried to Titanic this franchise five years back where from where it already was, which was like seven years back. So he did not have the best coaches coming in. He finally has a good head coach, and – progressively over the season he's become more comfortable in and in, in, in taking hits because you he would he was always afraid to take a hit now you now you see he's now he's delivering hits he's able to take hits on the board and he's strong on the puck and you can see him finally start to drive into the offensive zone and be the player that we drafted who, who we saw and we're like oh my god this guy's incredible and exactly that's what that's what we're seeing with Owen power and um, give me your thoughts on Darlene this past like season. I've been sad. this season, man. He's just been he's just been progressively getting better and better, and he's just like he's unreal now, dude. Like, anytime he touches the ice, 
He's unreal. Yeah, he is absolutely unreal. He's fun to watch now. I just didn't, you know, beginning of the season, he was doing the same shit that he did with Kruger, where he'd just sit back in his own end and twirl around five times and try to dangle everyone and lose the puck. But now he's getting more patient. He's also getting more aggressive. And he's putting the puck on the net and giving um, these wingers an opportunity to get a rebound, deflect it. And he's also sniping the puck and getting it past the tender and that's what I like seeing from a offensive defenseman because that's what we we drafted him to be that superstar offensive defenseman and he's starting to become that who's that um who's that defender from San Jose that just signed that big contract um hmm. hold on I'm looking it up right now they just Eric Carlson yeah, Eric Carlson, yes. He's the one that just signed that big-ass contract. That's what that's what we drafted him to be, a defenseman that can get into the offensive zone, put the pucks on the net, and score. Um, just going through Darlene's game, he has the assist on the um, on the Skinner goal, single-handed. A middle stack gets an assist, but basically single-handed. He fed him on a he silver fed him. play. I mean, it was, it was a dime. He only had three of those that game. Skinner could have honestly had three goals. Then overtime comes, and he completely dictates the entire overtime. Fans are booing him because he's going back to the, his own side of the ice yeah. getting the play set up. They're booing him. Oh, man, he, yeah, he, he just took that boot storms, heart, He storms, storms down the ice, skates the whole team, five holes to keep. He said he said that he fanned the shot. It was supposed to go uh, top Chad, and that it just he fanned it, and it went through the five hole. It was a beautiful fan then because – Yeah, that was the best what? fan I've ever seen. So this year – we are six and three um, in March, two and one on the road trip. In 2018, 2019, and 2020, we only had three wins in March. And three yeah, wins in three exactly. seasons in the month of March. That's one win a month in three consecutive seasons. So you can see the turnaround that this team is having. You can see the strides that they're making forward. But and let me then they, let me then add they to come that. to the trade deadline. And now we can get into the trade deadline after having yeah, this really good March, and um, they did nothing. Yeah, I just – well, yeah, here, before that, um, just want to talk about Granado that we were 1-7 and seven in overtime before the Calgary game. And what do we do? We control most of the overtime for both games, and now we're 3-7, and seven, which isn't we that great. Like, but We haven't had – the last overtime was – that one against the Bruins where he blew the 3-1 lead and when uh, Tuck and Krebs both scored. I think that's the only – I think that's the last overtime game I can really think of. Exactly. And then there was one against Columbus, I think, where we blew another lead. Um, mm-hmm. But you but you can see that they had a clear vision in practice that they were going to work on the overtime, and they came up with the Cody Eakin strategy. And it worked twice. So In a row. So you can so it's not like in years previous where there was a clear and obvious thing that needed to be fixed and it wasn't addressed and they have addressed it now. Hopefully they can address the power play, which was again atrocious this past weekend. Yep. All three games, the power the power play was just it's it's horrific. It yeah, is horrific. I, I think we're one for like eighteen at least. It, it's probably worse. I think it's like I think it's closer to one for twenty four after the Vancouver game. Yeah. We can't get we can't get set in the offensive zone. Like we physically, we can't break out of our own end. It, the power, the power, the um, the penalty kill 
we're like the we're like the number six ranked penalty kill. And Tuck is like a the, big part of that. And now we're the thirtieth ranked, and I think we're like the thirtieth ranked power play. That's bad. That's drastic. You need your special teams to be good. It doesn't help that our second line power play is line it's is not one good. of the worst power play lines I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, to the trade deadline. So um I just want to preface this with the only thing we did was we traded Robert Haig to the Panthers. I am extremely happy for Robert Haig. Um, he's not like he wasn't like the greatest. He wasn't even bad. He way he wasn't than horrible. Than he he just he like you know he threw his body weight around. He liked that he blocked shots. You know he did what he could for the team. And I, anytime a player can go from the Sabers to a cup contending team, like immediately, I'm happy for them. You know, like I'm happy that he has a chance to go win a Stanley Cup. Yep. So. Now we can talk about the trade deadline. Um, Yeah, I mean, my opinion is uh, what is Kevin Adams supposed to do? Nobody wants these bums. Nobody wants Eakin or Miller. Like, if you can't get anything, it's not his fault. Look, look, Miller comes back on Thursday, gets shelled in Edmonton. He does have a very good bounce back game against Calgary. He was pretty good against Calgary. He had a couple block shots. Um, He was protecting the net um, well because JT Miller was like, standing right in front of the net the entire game trying to get tappins and uh and Colin Miller was right there so he was protecting the slot pretty well um mm-hmm. but i mean again who the only person that was going to be tradable was Victor Olsson and Vinny Henestroza and we weren't going to trade those two no because we're we're already in talks with Henestroza with returning next year yeah i'm fine with that i'm fine perfect bottom six forward like you said Olafson is. I'd want to re-sign him. He's a good bottom six forward. Um, I'd also be, you know, if we have to let him go and sign someone better, that that's okay too, honestly. But that's the thing. As hockey, long as we keep only, either Olafson or Henestrosa, at think the end of the good. day, at the end of the day in hockey, you can only there's only twelve people. And with Paterka, Quinn, and uh, Byron, Weisenbach, and all those fours from Amherst coming up, the line in. Byro. There's not going to be enough spots for Olsen. That he's going to have to try outs, baby. And that's yep. probably why John Hayden's not going to make the team next year, which is really making me depressed. Did it's you get your John Hayden jersey yet? Dude, it's uh, well, I'm, as you know, I'm in Florida right now. I'm recording this in Florida. It should be at my uh, house by the time I get home. That. So that. that's going to be sweet. Um, it will be sick. You know, I, I see some Sabre fans upset, but again, like you said, Kevin Adams has a whole bunch of like barely fourth liners. And, he can't do and anything. Third, and if third pairman. calling him. He, he, what is he supposed to do? Send them for bags of pucks? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we'd rather just keep them because they're they're winning. They're winning together. So I'd rather just keep them than sending them for for nothing. Like, yeah, it is keep what it the is, team man. chemistry. Afloat. Exactly. And you know what? I see some people saying that like, oh, they should we should be losing for the lottery. I'd rather keep winning and establish a winning culture going into next season than tank for the lottery because you know. And with the way Vegas is going, we might have a better two top fifteen picks. We got we got three first round picks, dude. Doesn't matter. We have ten picks next year, ten picks in one draft. So, I like where we're at right now as an organization. Um, I think that we have a good amount of draft capital. We have a great farm system. Uh, by next week, Levi and, or um, the guy we have from Minnesota 
are going to be available to sign to the Amherst. Oh yeah, uh, that's okay, right. Yeah, because the NCAA yeah, yeah. tournament's Brad next and week. Samuels and or oh wait, oh you're talking about prospects. I'm sorry. Prospects, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm well, sorry. I well we can also see Krebs, Samuelson, and Fitzgerald said that if if uh, there's playoffs going on, they don't want to be in the they don't want to be at the Sabers. They want to go down and play yeah. in the playoffs, which so. is okay. I could understand. That's fine. We'll take um have them develop. That's fine. We'll take Jack Get Quinn that playoff here. experience. Look, Krebs, you can go win the you can win the Calder Cup. Jack Quinn, come get yourself some power play goals, pal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so looking ahead, we got the Penguins tonight at seven thirty. We got the Rangers. It's gonna be a tough game. This is gonna be a tough trip. Penguins Rangers. are on a win streak. They're on a win streak, and they've been beating the hell out of people. And we always lose to the Rangers for some reason. So we got the Rangers on Friday, and then we got the Capitals on Sunday. Oof. But hey, we they they pulled through in the Canadian trip, so hopefully we can... we can keep this win streak alive. Um, the Jack Eichel curse is still real. Vegas is plummeting in the standings. Dallas just passed them for the eighth seed, and they're out of the playoffs right now. I know. I'm so happy. Me too. Fuck Jack Eichel. <laughs> <laughs> fuck him, dude. Fuck him with the fuck him with a ten foot pole, dude. I um. I just really like I really like where the Sabers are at right now. Like, we have we have a lot of a lot of people in the farm. We have a lot of draft picks. We have a good young t- like like yesterday they shaved Skinner's head for uh for charity. Yeah, and, dude, uh, you got all you got you got Thompson and Cuzzy and Middlestat and Krebs. They're all running out there trying to grab the razors. Like like the ro- the locker room's getting close, man. They like, love it, dude. They love they love each other. They're embracing the culture of. Buffalo, they're embracing the city of Buffalo, and they want to win, and that's that's the recipe that's needed for this team to, to to seriously go somewhere next year. Could they be a contender? No, I don't think so. Could they surprise us and be like on the verge? Absolutely. I think they'll but fight for a playoff spot next year. I think to be they. I think they, With I Owen think our Power divisions. Up? I think our. I think our division is the weakest division in hockey. Honestly. Yeah. We got we got Ottawa, the Habs, uh, Detroit, Boston, Tampa Don't Bay, we have Florida, though? Florida, and and Toronto. Yeah, I think we can fight for a playoff spot. I really think we can. Because here's the thing: here's the thing that scares me about Florida. A lot of the guys on their team are only one year on one year deals. Yeah, they could fall apart. That's what I'm saying. Claude Giroux's only on a one-year deal. Robert Haig's only there for the rest of the year. Reinhardt, I'm pretty sure, is only there for two more years. Uh, like Big Bob is only there for one more year. I'm th- there's a chance that they're not able to sign the rest of these guys next year. Yeah, it's a possibility. So, yeah, man, you know, putting the Edmonton game in the back of my mind and looking at the positives, I'm. I'm hoping that the team can get a big win tonight. I'll be watching from Florida. Like I told my parents, I don't miss a game. I don't care <laughs> yeah. from Florida. I'm not missing a game. And I'll be watching it at work. Absolutely, man. Uh, thank you for your time, man. This was another great episode. Um, have you on, obviously, next week, going to have you on to talk about the uh, this, this trip right here, this three-game stretch. Talk all about right. uh, anything that happens, all right? All right. Sounds good. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Thank you for your time. Have a good one. You too, bro.
And that's going to do it for uh, today's episode. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Um, if you like what you heard, like, share, and follow the uh, podcast. Um, my Twitter handle is at AroundFirePod. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough for listening. Um, don't be afraid to leave a review um, and leave some comments in there or any questions that you would have for the podcast that you would like to hear me talk about. But, uh, yeah, grab yourself a beer. And I uh, can't wait to see you at the next fire.